So, Anna, do you know what the MCU is? I do, but only because you told me the other day. It's the Marvel Comic Universe, correct? Cinematic Universe. Oh, okay. So it's actually wrong that. It's not the comics, it's the, the cinematic films. Oh, well, I was close. So generally, the MCU's passed you by, right? Totally. I don't know if I've seen any of the films. They're famous, aren't they? Um, I've never been felt compelled to watch any of them, really. Three of them are in the top highest grossing films of all time. Are they? Rank one, four and eight. Is one of them the Avengers? Yep. Okay. Each of those films are Avengers films. And then there's two more, 11 and 12. Wow. If you adjust for inflation, um, there's still one in the top 10 alongside things like Gone with the Wind, Titanic and E.T. Holy smokes. Never really thought about it. I know there's a lot of different superheroes and I guess they all live in the same kind of parallel universe, which is not our universe. And they all, I don't know, I guess they're friends and they hang out, sort of collaborate on projects a bit. They're a collection of characters that have their own film franchises, but they all exist in a shared universe. That is actually a bit like He-Man and She-Ra, because those are separate. But always my favourite one of He-Man or She-Ra was when He-Man went into She-Ra's world or vice versa. Those Those were the really exciting ones. They're different, so they're different things, but they exist in the same world and sometimes they interact with each other. Yeah, exactly. And maybe plot points from one create the spark for something else. Is it all on planet Earth or not? Generally. Is it planet Earth or is it some other planet? No, it's Earth. And it's kind of supposed to be roughly contemporaneous with our time. It's not set in the past or the future. No, although there are films that are set in the past. I see. Are there any characters you're expecting to encounter on this journey? Well, again, I think you told me yesterday that when I asked that Spider-Man might make an appearance. And I do like Spider-Man a lot. I love Spider-Man, actually. And uh, But from watching cartoons of Spider-Man when I was little. You've watched your first MCU film. You watched Iron Man from 2008, starring Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Jeff Bridges, Terence Howard, which was directed by John Favreau. So, really quick, three-round trivia. Question one, why did Tony Stark require an electromagnet to be installed in his chest? I think it's because he got shot with uh, shrapnel. There's shrapnel in his chest, and um, it was apparently, if you just leave it, then it goes towards your heart. Well, I mean, it sounds a little bit far-fetched, but for all I know, it's true. I'm not a, I'm not a heart surgeon. Yep, correct. Is that correct? Question two. What was the name of Stark's AI companion that ran his house, who was voiced by Paul Bettany? Can't say that I noticed he had a name. Uh, it began with J. Jeffrey? No, Jarvis. Oh, that's a bit cringe, isn't it? It's, that's harking back to the sort of Jeeves and Worcester type. Yeah, it stands English for, buttons. it's an acronym. Go on. Just a really very intelligent system. <laughs> Third and final question. Mm -hmm. We were repeatedly introduced to a character called Agent Phil Coulson of the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Espionage and Logistics Division at the climax of the film revealed to be an organisation with which acronym? Anna here. Sam thought he knew what the acronym stood for on his own without double checking first. Probably should have done some more research. It's actually Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement and Logistics Division not espionage. 
although originally in the comics it stood for Supreme Headquarters, International Espionage and Law Enforcement Division. But that's got an extra E, so who knows? Is it called something like Sheet? (laughs) I mean, close. Shit? Nope. Um, Shield? Yep. That was it. That's that's kind of a spelling test, that one, isn't it? Yeah, I let's I say you got one and a half out of three there. Hmm, I was close. I was close. I mean, it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention. It's just sometimes in these big American films they do mumble a lot. You can't always pick it all up. So, more generally, did you enjoy it? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. It was uh, very fun. You know, it, it, I thought it fulfilled the kind of criteria that you would expect a superhero film to me. It was exciting it was a thrill. I guess superhero films are kind of thrillers of good ones will be thrillers one thing that I really liked was the the setup of how he became Iron Man I liked that people have different feelings about science in films I don't mean just general science fiction but how science is used to explain how unusual things in you know in the events of films come about but I th- I thought it was well done I found it quite a good explanation that he was supposed to be this guy who was linked to um, an arms company. Um, and I guess he's supposed to have been a, a genius uh, as a as a boy and that he, you know, the background where he made, where he gets, there's a, there's a good explanation of where he gets the idea to make the Iron Man costume and how it comes about is quite, quite cool. And you, it's kind of, it's quite patient. I found that bit quite, quite good he, he's got his first prototype then he does another one and tests it a bit it's quite it's quite slow in a way in a good way I thought it was I thought it was good it wasn't just that he I don't know there wasn't just a five minute bit at the beginning where he you know knocks it knocks it all up you know it's not like he just witnesses kids being mean to a cat or something and becomes inspired to kind of take on social injustice in the world I found it a more convincing story of how he turned to superhero activities so I like that I thought it was quite funny as well I think that was quite good because I think again some some of the big American blockbuster films I think they really the difference between them being just quite cliched and hackneyed and ultimately quite formulaic and boring and actually being a really good watch and quite exciting is like humor and the script and the the jokes the maybe not jokes but the I think that's a kind of prerequisite for a big blockbuster is there has to be some genuine humor and it needs to be kind of well delivered I thought uh, Robert Downey Jr was was really funny I've never particularly liked him actually I I thought he was really funny in that and it was it was quite exciting to watch I I liked you know watching the the fights I've got a bit of a thrill when Iron Man turned up and wiped out all the baddies I liked the big fight at the end I did I really liked it was there anything that kind of was in the minus column it's kind of a minus, I suppose. I mean, it's quite, it's quite silly, isn't it? But I suppose, I mean, that sounds a bit churlish, maybe to criticise superhero film on those grounds. But it was a bit, it's quite, quite frivolous. There wasn't really that much to it behind. I guess behind this idea that, I mean, I suppose maybe that's some people might say that's unfair because he has this experience, doesn't he, where he comes to see the negative impacts of this company that he's built up, goes into battle on behalf of. Well, these refugees and other people that have been damaged by the by his company. I wasn't really sure what I thought of that, actually. I'm not sure this is a pro or a con. I thought that was a little bit sanctimonious, actually. I, found, I didn't totally enjoy that. I think it was 
But you, you, you see, again, this is, a, I think, a feature of American films where they have, there's a kind of thing that Team America uh, makes fun of where you have some Americans like going into um, a situation, kind of saving the day, kind of being the, the saviors of, of the day. The white savior trope. Yeah, it was. There was a bit of that, and there was a, obviously there was a kind of racial component. So you know, the, the bad guys are they're all in Afghanistan. They're dark skinned. Um, obviously, that fits in with the you know this realistic story that I was that I was saying that I quite liked as well. Um, but it, and it is kind of grounded in. I, I, I like that there's an aspect of it that you could say is a critique of the arms trade, which is that arms companies in um, Western democracies can end up making weapons that are used by um, countries or groups that that don't have good values and kind of misuse them. So I guess there was I guess there was some things that I liked about that and some things that I thought were a little bit crass. I guess that made it a, a little bit more interesting than just I don't know some kind of completely fabricated uh, monster baddie um, like a like a big goblin or something like that. I thought another issue that I had with it is I thought uh, Potts, Pepper Potts, is that her name? I thought she was completely sappy and useless. Um, She was really rubbish, I thought. She's just um, a good administrator. That's the kind of key role that she plays in the film. I didn't like her at all. Having said that, she was part of some quite humorous, funny scenes, but didn't come out very well in any of them. She's obviously kind of enamoured of him and intoxicated by him she I don't think she seems as though she has much to offer in that film she's in high heels all the time and then obviously she needs to be rescued at the end she doesn't really play any real role she has no real agency even that her one kind of positive contribution to the story which was to preserve his sort of magnet you know the magnet heart that he has yeah he wants to throw his old one away and she she keeps it and that becomes crucial in the storyline because you know his is torn out by an enemy that's just accidental the only reason that happens is because she's quite sentimental about him and wants to give it to him as a present I don't think she really intervenes in any positive way in the in the storyline I, I really didn't like her character at all I, I did like it though I did that neither of those things stopped me enjoying the film I did really like it and it made me made me think that I would probably enjoy seeing more of those films if as long as they are better than you know just the average sequel I I think sometimes you know just because you like a film doesn't mean you want to watch Police Academy five six seven eight nine and not good as so but we'll see but I am I felt excited to watch the next one I'm wondering if I could become a fan so in terms of ranking it we're going to use the degree that your thumb is let's call zero crap that's that's no marks out of 10 and a, a, a fully vertical thumb is 180 a score of 180 have you got your kind of virtual compass ready i mean protractor it should be a protractor not a compass right oh sorry yeah a protractor yeah you're quite right um i, I mean i haven't got a protractor <laughs> you're just gonna have to do some interpreting you might have to put your thumb in front of the camera higher up i need to see the fist as well Okay. I mean, this is not necessarily the best uh, measuring system for a podcast, but... Based on where your thumb was, I think... So 180 is good, right? Yeah. It looked about 135 degrees. So 135 out of 180. That's pretty good. Uh, I liked it more than I expected to. I'll I'll definitely say that. How much do you like it? Is is it one of your favourites? I have grown up reading comic books, so I 
I think I'm less objective about these films than I could be um, because I already have existing relationships with the characters. I think Iron Man is it's a really good start to this uh, kind of cinematic universe, but I have other characters that kind of my affections lie with more than Tony Stark and Iron Man. Tony Stark is a bit of a dick, isn't he? Thank you for listening to the Deptford Cinema Podcast. For more information about our current online activities, please visit our website, www.deptfordcinema.org. Deptford Cinema, the right place for film lovers. So as you were made aware when we watched the film last night, Marvel films have post-credit scenes that often tease or set up something for the wider connectivity of the universe moving forwards. So in yesterday's film, what happened in it and what are your theories as to what it might pertain to? The bit with uh, Samuel Jackson after the credits. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. So I think maybe he's going to find out. Samuel Jackson is an existing superhero in this is my my kind of theory he's he's a superhero that is friends with a lot of other superheroes and you know i guess they've all come about in in different ways but they already know about each other and they like hanging out and solving problems and samuel l jackson wants to invite iron man into his gang to probably to address some potentially very grave uh, jeopardy that the world is facing in some way. Am I right? I guess you'll have to wait and see, right? I don't want to spoil it. No, I don't want it ruined. I don't want it ruined.